As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everyone. It's Shirley, and you're listening to Yep, That Happened the podcast where we talk about what everyone else is talking about, but with nuance. Welcome to the first episode. For our first segment, called Yep, That Happened, we'll be talking about the current trending topics on the internet. Cancel culture. Now, this is more of a reoccurring topic, especially in the year 2020, because People have had so much time in their hands to dig up people's shady history thanks to quarantining. Now, what is cancel culture? Well, cancel culture is this phenomenon that happens when people look up someone's past social media posts to find something scathing that warrants the expulsion of this person from society, uh to call them out on their wrongdoing and publicly shame them. Now, originally, I believe cancel culture was intended to hold people accountable for their poor choices and words and actions by refusing to support them. But now cancel culture has become this drama-filled practice where people get canceled for something that does not deserve a cancellation. People then expose the bad behavior and write people off then reinstate those people who did wrong um, after the fanfare dies down. And this is why cancel culture doesn't work. Cancel culture could have worked if only we stuck with its original purpose. Or at least I'd like to think it's its original purpose. Instead of no longer supporting someone to get them to see the error in their ways, Cancel culture has instead become an arcade for bored people to dig up dirt on other people, mainly celebrities, drag them online for the wrongdoing, cancel them, and two weeks later go back to listening to their songs, watching their videos, and buying their stuff, etc. What was the point then? By canceling them, 
then uncanceling them. You teach people that they don't have to take accountability for their actions, and they won't be held accountable. It also gives them more visibility. So really, the cancellation accomplished nothing other than more clicks and views for the quote-unquote canceled person. Cancel culture is also gendered. Women get written off after making one mistake, no matter how minor or severe. And if you're a black woman, it's even worse. You have zero room for error. Men are given infinite number of chances after doing the most egregious things. Don't believe me? Okay, well, Adele, for instance, she was quote-unquote canceled, or people were trying to cancel her for what some people thought was cultural appropriation because she was dressed up for carnival in a Jamaican flag bikini top wearing bantu knots and feathers on her back. Tyra Banks for her show America's Next Top Model, where in earlier seasons she had contestants or at least one contestant don blackface and had a black female contestant close her front tooth gap, even though she didn't really want to do it, but she did not force a white female contestant to close her front tooth gap some seasons later. There are other highly problematic moments on that show, but the show debuted in 2003, so why people are canceling now is beyond me. We've been knowing this. It was controversial then, and clearly it didn't lead to the show's demise. So there's that. Doja Cat for having virtual hangouts with white supremacists. And having a song that many say makes fun of black men who have faced police brutality. Now, there are some that are saying that Doja Cat really wasn't doing anything racist on these virtual hangouts. So, what was the point of canceling her? I don't know. Naomi Campbell for appearing in Jeffrey Epstein's Black Book. I don't know too much about that case. I mean, I've heard things from people who've watched that documentary on Netflix. And from what I remember, it's pretty disturbing, his story. And him, really. Leah Michelle, for her microaggressions aimed at one of her black female co-stars on Glee, Samantha Marie Ware. And for just being very difficult to work with, according to the majority of the Glee cast members. Okay, so those are some female celebrities who have been canceled, quote-unquote. Here are some famous men who haven't been canceled despite the horrible things they've done. Donald Trump. I don't need to get into that. There's not much I need to say there. But actually, I'll get into that a little later. Tory Lanez. Shot Megan Thee Stallion, did not say anything about the incident until he released an album about it. He smeared her name uh, before the album released and after the incident. And I heard he's denying that he shot her. Not only did people side with him, there were plenty of people who sided with him before Megan confirmed it. But there are people who still believe him or doubt Megan's story and listen to his album. 
Mel Gibson for starring in Passion of the Christ, a movie that is largely considered to be anti-Semitic, for calling Winona Ryder an oven dodger. She's Jewish, by the way. Also making homophobic a homophobic joke about her friend who is gay. And he said, am I going to catch AIDS? Yeah, terrible joke there. And he also said the following in a recording with his ex-girlfriend, Oksana Grigorieva. I, I'm sorry, I, I butchered her last name. But he said this, quote, you go out in public and it's an effing embarrassment to me. You look like an effing bee on heat. And if you get raped by a pack of N-words, it will be your fault. Mark Wahlberg for chasing three black children when he was 15, throwing rocks at them and yelling, kill the N-words, until an ambulance came and intervened. Then the next day, harassing 9- to 10-year-old black children on the beach and gathering up white men to join in on the racial abuse and more rock-throwing. Calling a Vietnamese man a, quote, Vietnam effing-ish and knocking him unconscious with a 5-foot wooden stick while punching another man, an army veteran, who was also Vietnamese, in the eye later that same day. So he was found guilty of violating civil rights of the victims, with civil rights injunction being issued against him, two of his friends, and the case was settled the next month, and he was later on charged with uh, attempted murder for the crime he did, or the attack on the Vietnamese men, and he pleaded guilty to felony assault, claiming that he was intoxicated and that the attacks weren't race-related. By the way, this is all, all of this information I got from articles that I've read online, and I will have them linked up, or I'll have the links in the show notes, so not to worry, you can read up on all of this. In the end... Um, not to get too into the whole thing with Mark Wahlberg, but he was sentenced to two years in prison, but only served 45 days for attacking the Vietnamese men. And in 2014, he requested a pardon to wipe the second attack off his record. He revoked that request in 2016. But in 2020, he said the following in an interview with The Guardian, quote, I took it upon myself to own up to my mistakes and go against the grain and not be a part of the gang anymore, to say that I was going to go and do my own thing. It made it ten times more difficult to walk walk from my home to the train station, to go to school, to go to work, but I also prided myself on doing the right thing and turning my life around. I would hope that people would be able to get a second chance in life. I should do an episode on giving second chances, but I'll leave you with that. Let's move on to my final example, Takashi69. For engaging in sexual activities with a minor at a party in 2015. She was 13. He was 18. There were videos from that night that were uploaded to Instagram, and he, 6ix9ine, reposted it on his account, 
Months later, he pleads guilty to one felony charge of, quote, the use of a child in a sexual performance. The plea deal that he reached two years later required him to complete 300 hours of community service. He had to refrain from posting or posting sexually explicit or violent images of women and children and social media, go into mental health treatment for two years, obtain his GED, and then write a letter to the victim's family acknowledging the harm he caused. And that's according to the article. So years later, he was sentenced to four years probation and a thousand hours of community service. A lot of us know about his 2018 federal racketeering, firearm, and drug trafficking charges, and the little time he served in prison for that. So I'm not saying that any of the things that the women did are excusable. I'm just saying there is a big difference in the way people responded and the repercussions the women faced versus the men. The women received harsher words from the public and more serious consequences than the men. It's also worth noting that cancel culture could work if only people or communities who are not the target of someone's offensive words or actions refrain from accepting apologies from the canceled person on behalf of the person or group the canceled person offended. If the canceled person did not go after you or your people, then stay out of it. Leave it up to the offended person or group to decide whether this person is forgiven. Here's what we can do about cancel culture. At least from my perspective. Pick no more than three problematic faves, excluding unequivocally terrible people, and cancel anyone else who has a history of being terrible and hasn't shed their awful ways, or whatever criteria you have for horrible people. My problematic faves are Nicki Minaj and Judge Judy. Drake used to be a problematic fave until I had heard word about his strange history with dating or canoodling with underage girls. At first, I thought it was a rumor, and then there was a video of him dancing on stage with an underage girl. She said she was 17. He proceeded to kiss up on her anyway after she told him her age. Millie Brown, who plays Eleven in Stranger Things, has said she texts Drake. She said he sent her a text saying, I miss you so much. She was 14 at the time when she said this. Billie Eilish, another underage uh, female artist, at least she was 17 at the time that she said this, but she said that Drake and her text each other. And now he has revealed in a 21 Savage song he is featured in called Mr. Right Now, Drake said he dated singer SZA in 2008. And if this is true, he would have been 21 and she would have been 17. So yeah, I've deleted his songs from my playlists. And as of now, Nicki Minaj and Judge Judy are my problematic faves at the moment. If they do something really heinous, then I'll cancel them too and add new problematic faves because there's plenty to choose from. Now, I will include links to articles and videos, as I said before, on all this information so you know where I'm getting it from and you know that I'm not pulling this out of my you-know-what. 
Now you would have to determine for yourself who your problematic faves are. It all depends on your values, your beliefs, etc. I will say this. If your problematic faves are Donald Trump or R. Kelly, that's a problem and you need to check yourself. Let's move on to our next segment, worth our time or waste of time. This is where we talk about what needs to be discussed more and what no longer needs to be a topic of conversation. So for my worth our time, I would start off with why are people being shamed for having an OnlyFans account? And actually, women are catching more of the heat than men. I don't really see a lot of criticism thrown at men who have OnlyFans. I think it's ridiculous that people don't know how to mind their own business. I think the reason women are more often shamed for it is because Sex is still seen as taboo, and in this patriarchal society, women are not allowed to own their sexuality or their bodies and profit off of them without getting some sort of pushback. And it's even more true for black and brown women. It's no surprise then that sex workers are shamed for how they make a living. And for the record, I don't have an OnlyFans account. Going back to the shaming, though... It's just stupid at this point, especially now when the economy has tanked because of the pandemic and the job market has dried up. Learn how to mind your own business. That's to all the people who are doing the shaming. Also, people who don't wear masks or wear masks incorrectly. I've seen friend groups with three people wearing masks and one friend not wearing one. I've seen couples with one wearing a mask and the other not wearing or both are not wearing it. I've seen people just covering their mouths and not their nose. And in case you didn't know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic and there's no vaccine yet. Unless you're part of the population that the CDC says you're exempt from wearing a mask, then it would be in your best interest to wear a mask. And it needs to cover both your mouth and your nose. The people who don't wear a mask are the same people complaining about why businesses aren't open and why we can't go back to business as usual. It's because people like you are not wearing a mask and you're putting your health at risk and everyone else's health at risk. So here's the thing. At this point, people are going to do whatever they want. And I've just accepted that. As long as I'm wearing a mask, I'm good. But you can't complain when businesses and schools and whatever else are still not fully opened and have canceled social events for the remainder of the year. The longer you refuse to wear a mask, the longer it'll take to control the virus. That's just the reality of it. Okay, so for my waste of time, I would say journalists from mainstream media outlets asking Donald Trump about his thoughts on white supremacists. Them publishing stories with headlines that say something like, is Donald Trump racist? Donald Trump stands with white supremacists? Question mark. Is that even a question? Framing it as one makes it seem like a joke. You're messing with people's heads. Yes, there is probably a percentage of people who believe he's not racist or a white supremacist sympathizer. I would say those people are most likely his supporters. I would hope that the majority of people in this country know that he is racist and he's a white supremacist sympathizer. Look at what he has said before he got elected and afterward. Look at what he has done, not just in the last year, but during his entire presidency. Did you forget that he called Mexicans rapists? He called the coronavirus the Chinese virus? 
He called Haiti and countries in Africa and Latin American countries shithole countries. He called Black Lives Matter protesters thugs. He imposed a ban on Muslims traveling to the U.S. He has migrant women and children locked up in cages, and ICE is administering sterilizations on these women, and he hasn't stopped them. Sterilizations that they did not ask for. And I'll leave a link to an article on that in the show notes. There is a whole host of destructive racist things he has done. And yet mainstream media still questions whether he's a racist or releases stories about his racist antics in a way that makes it seem shocking. It's not shocking. It's a distraction. It would be much more helpful to the public if the mainstream media would call out what he says and does instead of just reporting that it happened. If he said something racist, say it's racist in the article and explain why. Give context. Don't just say he said this and question whether that's racist. Donald Trump is blatantly racist. It's not hard to spot when he's saying or doing something that is racist. Stop framing it as if it's news. It's not news. And honestly, I have very low expectations of mainstream media from both sides of the political spectrum. But that's a whole other conversation to have on another day. Okay, for our final segment called Peak of the Week, I'm going to shout out someone or something that brought me joy for the week. This week's Peak of the Week goes to two things. One is Beyonce and her Lemonade album. And two is my reggaeton playlist that I've been listening to all week. I don't know why it took me this long to hear the entire Lemonade album from start to finish, but this album as a whole is top tier artistry. Beyonce just gets better and better in her craft, as if she wasn't already great when she first started. Now going back to the Lemonade album, it's just it just had such a deep meaning and it was super raw. I think it might have been the most vulnerable she's been in an album. Her album 4 was pretty vulnerable too, but this one was deeply personal because it was about her dealing with her husband's infidelity. And I love that she owned the narrative. She told her side of the story through art. And it's not just about her going through the grieving stages of of this betrayal in her marriage. She highlights the racial injustice and the mistreatment of black women. And the fact that she centered black women and the struggles we face, I love that. It's just, it was beautifully constructed, put together, amazing. My other peak of the week, my reggaeton playlist. I hadn't listened to this playlist in years. I made it three or four years ago. I saw people reacting to reggaeton music on YouTube, and it sort of sparked my interest, so I started listening to the playlist again and haven't stopped. It feels like you're at a Latin club in your head. The beat on these songs alone are everything. Granted, it's the same beat on all the songs, but the songs as a whole sound different, and that beat gets me moving every time. I just, I loved it. It was the perfect way to get me through the week. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast on SoundCloud and Spotify. The podcast will be out in Apple Podcasts soon. Email me at 
yep that happened podcast at gmail.com if you want to submit a listener question for a future segment drop a nice comment or just say hi tune in to next week for a brand new episode take care and i'll catch you all next week guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.